Morning prayer begins on page three. O send that thy light and thy truth that they may lead me and bring me into thy holy hill and to thy dwelling. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. For the Vanity, Psalm 95, on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalms 63 and 64, beginning on page 414. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh also longeth after thee, in a barren and dry land where no water is. Thus have I looked for thee in the sanctuary, that I might behold thy power and glory. For thy loving kindness is better than the life itself. My lips shall praise thee. As long as I live will I magnify thee in this manner, and lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied, even as it were, with marrow and fatness, when my mouth praiseth thee with joyful lips. Have I not remembered thee in my bed, and thought upon thee when I was waking? Because thou hast been my helper, therefore under the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul hangeth upon thee, thy right hand hath upholden me. These also that seek the hurt of my soul, they shall go under the earth. They let them fall upon the edge of the sword, that they may be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. All they also that swear by him shall be commended, for the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my <laughs> life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the gathering together of the froward, and from the insurrection of wicked doers. Who have wet their tongues like a sword, and shoot at their arrows even bitter words. That they may privily shoot at him that is perfect. Suddenly do they hit him, and fear not. They encourage themselves in mischief, 
and commune among themselves how they may lay snares and say that no man shall see them. They imagine wickedness and practice it, that they keep secret among themselves, every man in the deep of his heart. But God shall suddenly shoot at them with a swift arrow, that they shall be wounded. Yea, their own tongues shall make them fall, insomuch that whoso seeketh them shall laugh them to scorn. And all men, the men that see it shall say, This hath God done, for they shall perceive that it is his work. The righteous shall rejoice in the Lord, and put his trust in him, and all they that are true of heart shall be glad. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Begins the 25th chapter of the second book of Kings. Now it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army came against Jerusalem and encamped against it. And they built a siege wall against it all around. So the city was besieged until the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. By the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine had become so severe in the city that there was no food for the people of the land. Then the city wall was broken through, and all the men of war fled at night by way of the gate between two walls, which was by the king's garden, even though the Chaldeans were still encamped all around against the city. And the king went by way of the plain, but the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king, and they overtook him in the plains of Jericho. All his army was scattered from him. So they took the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah, and they pronounced judgment on him. Then they killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, put out the eyes of Zedekiah, bound him with bronze fetters, and took him to Babylon. And in the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, which was the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, a servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He burned the house of the Lord and the king's house, all the houses of Jerusalem, that is, all the houses of the great he burned with fire. And all the army of the Chaldeans who were with the captain of the guard broke down the walls of Jerusalem all around. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carried away captive the rest of the people who remained in the city and the defectors who had deserted to the king of Babylon with the rest of the multitude. But the captain of the guard left some of the poor of the land as vine dressers and farmers. The bronze pillars that were in the house of the Lord and the carts and the bronze sea that were in the house of the Lord, the Chaldeans broke in pieces and carried their bronze to Babylon. They also took away the pots, the shovels, the trimmers, the spoons, and all the bronze utensils which the priests ministered. The fire pans and the basins, the things of solid gold and solid silver, the captain of the guard took away. The two pillars, one sea, and the carts which Solomon had made for the house of the Lord, the bronze of all these articles was beyond measure. The height of one pillar was 18 cubits, and the capital on it was of bronze. 
the height of the capital was three cubits, and the network and pomegranates all around the capital were all of bronze. The second pillar was the same with a network. And the captain of the guard took Saraiah the chief priest, Zephaniah the second priest, and the three doorkeepers. He also took out of the city an officer who had charge of the men of war, five men of the king's close associates who were found in the city, the chief recruiting officer of the army who mustered the people of the land, and sixty men of the people of the land who were found in the city. So Nebuzaradan, captain of the guard, took these and brought them to the king of Babylon at Riblah. Then the king of Babylon struck them and put them to death at Riblah in the land of Hamath. Thus Judah was carried away <laughs> excuse me. Thus Judah was carried away captive from its own land. Then he made Gedaliah the son of Ahakam, the son of Shaphan, governor over the people who remained in the land of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had left. Now, when all the captains of the armies, they and their men, heard that the king of Babylon had made Gedaliah governor, they came to Gedaliah at Mizpah. Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, Johanan, the son of Hariah, Saraiah, the son of Tanhumeth, the Netophathite, and Jazaniah, the son of Machathite, they and their men. And Gedaliah took an oath before them and their men, and said to them, Do not be afraid of the servants of the Chaldeans. Dwell in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and it shall be well with you. But it happened in the seventh month that Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Elishama, of the royal family, came with ten men and struck and killed Gedaliah, the Jews, as well as the Chaldeans who were with him at Mezpah. And all the people, small and great, and the captains of the armies arose and went to Egypt, for they were afraid of the Chaldeans. Now it came to pass in the 37th year of the captivity of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, in the 12th month, on the 27th day of the month, that evil Merodach, king of Babylon, in the year that he began to reign, released Jehoiakim, king of Judah, from prison. He spoke kindly to him and gave him a more prominent seat than those of the kings who were with him in Babylon. So Jehoiakim changed from his prison garments, and he ate bread regularly before the king all the days of his life. And as for his provisions, there was a regular ration given him by the king, a portion for each day, all the days of his life. Here ends the first lesson. Benedictus S. on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, 
as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Begins the epistle to the Philippians. Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Here ends the second lesson. Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet in the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, beseech thee, absolve thy people from their offenses, that through thy bountiful goodness we may all be delivered from the bands of those sins which by our frailty we have committed. Grant us, O Heavenly Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ, our blessed Lord and Savior. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, who services perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all the assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all. We have um, sort of the conclusion of this historical narrative of Israel in the Old Testament, not the conclusion, but the conclusion, or, or I, I should say a um, a significant point where um, the promises, we, we look at the sweep of history, God brought Israel out of Egypt uh, through the wilderness into the promised land, you know, gave them the Torah and, and brought them to the promised land with the um, proclamation that if you're faithful to the Torah, you will live long and prosper and be fruitful in the land. And we remember we had that moment under Solomon, David and Solomon, where the, all the promises are fulfilled and Israel's prospering. And now we are uh, several hundred years later and Israel has been unfaithful to the Torah and now they get kicked out of the land as God had uh, proclaimed in um, various places in the Torah been reading in our evening prayer lessons from Deuteronomy this 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 promise that if you're not faithful I'll kick you out well here here they're kicking them out and they go back to Babylon which is in the narrative of the Bible it's where Abraham came from in the first place we've got a sort of God calling Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees and now the Chaldeans are now taking Israel back to where they came from so it's a full circle um narrative and um a couple, one note is that uh, in this lesson today, Zedekiah is mentioned. You can remember that for this coming Sunday because our epistle for the Sunday next before Advent is from Jeremiah, and it talks about uh, a king shall reign and prosper, and his name shall be called the Lord our righteousness. And that prophecy from Jeremiah is a play on the name Zedekiah. Uh, Zedekiah is the king who was became king but was unfaithful didn't live up to his name the lord our righteousness uh because that's a derivation of the meaning of the name there and so the the prophecy we get from jeremiah on sunday is 
that are a real king who, who fulfills the name of our righteousness will reign and prosper. And, and, and what the promise of Jeremiah is, is that there'll be a return from exile. Um, God is sending Israel into exile, but he will bring them back. And this is the essential problem of the end of the Old Testament is that even though they will come back to the land uh, when the Persians take over in a little while and allow the Jews to come back and return and rebuild the temple, they never really are back from exile in that full union communion with God where the blessing of God is enjoyed in the land ever again. Um, and the question when Jesus comes is what do we need to do to get there? And the answer is that Jesus is the one who fulfills the covenant. His covenant faithfulness um, accomplishes what Israel in her covenant failure lost. He now he now has, has, has won for us. And this this kind of highlights moving into Philippians where St. Paul is writing this letter we're beginning today. He's in prison. It's one of the prison epistles. He mentions in his introduction that as much as in uh, my uh, my my chains, you are partakers with me of grace. And the irony of this is that that St. Paul is writing from prison, from a place of exile and captivity. Yet he writes to the Philippians with a sense of joy because um, he has a sense of the kingdom being present with him. And this is very important for us to understand. We talk about this when we talk about the, the, the sort of time and narrative of the kingdom. But Jesus came to fulfill the covenant, and in his death and resurrection and the coming of the Spirit, now the kingdom is here. And through the Spirit, we live in the kingdom right now. And nothing that we encounter in uh, the temporal circumstances of the world can take, us, take the kingdom away from us. And so St. Paul can live in jail, in exile, in chains, and yet experience the joy of life in Christ. And he can, from prison, write a letter of encouragement to those who are not in prison, to the Philippians who are free, and yet encourage them to abound more and more. And we note again the central thing we see in this epistle, that the horizon St. Paul uh, puts out for the Christians is the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you may be um, uh, sincere and without offense till the day of Christ because the kingdom is already here with us through the spirit. And we live in the church, in the spirit as witnesses in the world, looking for Christ to come. And this is why it's always problematic to, to see our main goal as a church is accomplishing some temporal goal or establishing some temporal prosperity, um, because we're always, you know, though, though uh, historically Christians have sometimes done well in the culture and the culture has kind of been more or less Christian and sometimes and in some places the Christians are mostly persecuted. Never has the kingdom here completely and it won't be here completely in the world until our Lord comes. So we always have this this posture of witness. And so this kind of a thing to think about as we uh, approach Advent, we have, you know, about a week from Sunday, Advent begins, we think about this preparation for the coming of Christ is, is that, you know, looking at how the kingdom is manifested in our own lives. And, you know, we see Paul in prison rejoicing. Often we live in a way where we're we have this idea that if just these things temporally will happen, then I'll have, you know, happiness or joy or peace. And 
what we're taught by the gospel of the kingdom with us is that we're to find our joy and peace in the midst of the things we're, we're, we're experiencing. The God is with us now. Emmanuel is God with us. And he's working in our lives through the things we're experiencing. It doesn't mean they're all great and wonderful. We're always like, oh, yay for this. It does mean, though, that the peace of God and the joy are always with us because we always have a life that transcends any temporal circumstance. And God is in those temporal circumstances, as we'll see with St. Paul. He'll see how the gospel spreading through the Philippian jail, or excuse me, through the Roman jail um, while he is in there. So this is the kind of thing to think about. How do we embrace the presence of the kingdom in our lives right where they are? Because Christ is with us now. He has fulfilled the covenant and brought us into the kingdom right now through the Spirit. So a few thoughts about today's lesson. We'll continue with the prayer for all conditions of men on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men. Thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially, we pray for the Holy Church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit and the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we have been unworthy servants to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Good to be with you all. Good morning prayer today. Great start to the week. Peace. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you, Bishop. Bye. Have a good day. Peace. Have a great day, everybody.